We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC. Matthew. Happy ring ceremony day. It's the last day before we turn the page to the 2023 season, okay? Um, yes, yes, that's what it is. I, I'm more like I'm my bigger concern here is refreshing Twitter to see if Chris Jones completely skipped the ring ceremony or if he did show up late. Um, because you know, as of right now, I don't think anyone spotted him there yet. I don't think he's holding out for the ring ceremony. Nah, man, definitely He's not a, holding a out late for the stylish entrance. I like it. Listen, Maybe. Man, he he went to the White House. He's going to the ring ceremony. Come yeah, on, you know man. what happened tin post fo- White House? Tin tin foil his hat. Boy, his boy signed with a different with a different team. Just tin saying, fo- tin foil hat here. Okay, so I was on eight ten with Jason Anderson today. Uh, he, <laughs> you're on next week, Craig. Like this, this is a thing. Hey. Every Thursday at 11 a.m., one of us is on uh, with Jason Anderson and Josh Briscoe, just so you know. Anyways, it was my turn. And he says that uh, Garrick Deer was on 810 earlier that day, said he ran into Chris Jones and his agent in town yesterday. Hmm. So he's here. But here's the, tin, here's the tinfoil. At the ring ceremony. Here's huh? the tinfoil. Th- here, here's, here's the theory. He doesn't want to answer questions about his contract, so he's not doing yeah. the red carpet thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I think that that's the most logical thing. By the way, hi, I'm Craig Stout. Thanks for introing me, <laughs> you guys. Um, I, <laughs> we also haven't heard from, like, Frank or anybody like that, too. We know that Juan Thornhill's there, Carlos Dunlap's there, Andrew Wiley's there. Everybody's back, guys. Like, they all came back to get the rings. Except it's a very important one. thing. 
as they should be back for all of that. And we should celebrate them, even if they're playing for one of the teams that we are going to cover in today's continuation of our season preview. Yep. Yeah, I'm just here for 45 minutes of speculating on where Chris Jones is and the reasons he wouldn't be at the ring ceremony. Um, so I think do, we should do we, we think he'll wear a hat? He's not coming. He's not showing up. He will not be there. Oh, he's showing up. He's showing up. He's showing up. Just late. This is gonna pay, be the it's gonna pay thirty one million dollars a year to a guy that can't even show up on time. Mm, <laughs> yes, gonna age, this is gonna age. So if he shows bad up to the you. quarterback on time, baby. Let's go. <laughs> hit the like button. Hit the subscribe it's button. If you're watching. Appreciate everybody that's hanging out with us. It means a lot. Uh, we are doing our you know game by game kind of season preview. We are on to weeks five and six. This fine Thursday, we are starting with week five at the Minnesota Vikings. Craig, what's the quality of this roster? I mean, uh, it, it got worse. It, it really did. It seems like this is a team that's maybe in the middle of a little bit of a sell mode. Uh, I know that we know that Daniil Hunter is a little bit unhappy with his station there. They they cut Zadarius Smith. I mean, they, they cut Dalvin Cook. Like, they're clearly trimming some of the bigger salaries on the roster. I know that they've got to pay Justin Jefferson. That's definitely something that's coming up here. But it does feel a little bit like they're in a transitional period here. The offense is has enough pieces to maybe put up some points. Obviously, if you have Justin Jefferson, and you know, you're going to be able to do some stuff here. But TJ Hawkinson is a good football player. Jordan Addison out of that receiver room is a nice piece as well. I worry a little bit about that defense, though. Like, if Daniil Hunter's unhappy and Darius Smith is out, where's your pass rush really going to come from? Because linebackers aren't particularly good. The secondary's not great either. Like, I have a lot of questions about that defense, and if they're really trying to tank a little bit here or trying to trim some of the roster in a turnover year, I think that this could be a worse year than we expect for the Vikings. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the offense is shaped up relatively nicely. They're adding a fair bit of weapons around this good offensive system and Kirk Cousins and four cousin shortcomings he can work well when there is a good surrounding cast and there's a good offensive system around him as long as it's not a primetime game he's going to be just fine for that team so i think offensively the team's looking pretty good i know the, the the dalvin cook situation went the way that it did so losing that kind of talent for this team is obviously a somewhat of a big deal but the offensive line is solid if not getting better because some of the guys are young and improving they've the wide receivers is a really good room yeah it's a little top heavy with we have justin jefferson kind of leading the charge but it's still a good unit hawkinson's there to back them up so like offensively i think they're set but defensively it's just it's hard to peg a guy as a very clear and decided like uh difference maker um that's the, that's a big thing you see this defense that's the one thing that they're kind of missing, especially if Hunter is no longer going to be on the roster, especially if Hunter is going to be traded or is unhappy and you have to figure out what to do. I know they tried to bring in some guys to help that pass rush, but Harrison Smith isn't that guy. The long like standing linebackers they've had there in Minnesota are both gone now. It's all kind of new guys taking over in that role. So I just don't know where the difference makers come on this de defense. They're, they're 
they're a, a roster in flux. I think they're being competitive while kind of mini resetting, mini rebuilding, but it's not going to go the same way that it went for the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, by the way, uh, join us for our second annual golf tournament with KC Sports Network. It's the Tacos and Bourbon Golf Tournament this time, July 29th at Sunflower Hills Golf Course in Bonner Springs. There will be drinks and food provided, a lot of food like a lot of food thanks to our sponsors holiday distillery and mission taco taco along with prizes giveaways a silent auction and more plus one golfer will have a chance to sink a shot for one million dollars for more information to or to sign up a team which a team is five hundred dollars for a foursome click on the link in the description for any sponsorship inquiries you can also reach out to christian gumminger uh, at kcsnfoundation at gmail.com. I can tell you the tournament is about half full already, so you want to make sure and get those teams in before you miss out, so you don't want to miss out on that. What's the quality of this co- coaching staff, Craig? Um, I I actually kind of like the coaching staff. I, Kevin O'Connell wasn't somebody that was high on when the, the Vikings signed him. I re- it really wasn't, and he came into the entire season basically preaching becoming situational masters and like really kind of focusing on situational moments, and then they went 11-0 and in one-score games. So, like, hey, that's, <laughs> that's really awesome. If your head coach comes in preaching that and then you execute like that, they obviously have Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator. So even if they don't have a ton of guys, you know, on that defense, they're going to come up with creative stuff to do. They're going to blitz. They're going to find ways to still affect the quarterback and still come up with a relatively decent defense. Even a down year for Flores is still going to be a pretty decent defense here. I, I really do think that they've got a good, or you know, a good coaching staff here that maybe outside of Flores I was a little bit questioning last year but it's hard to argue with the results and what they came up with last year when you look at that roster last year too and you go oh wow yeah that that also had some pieces missing from it this coaching staff got them to play well no they really did and like I think for me I'm going to start kind of like with Flores as well because we've seen him put together really good defenses that have been a lot better than the individual parts. And I think that's what the Vikings are kind of banking on. You're getting guys that Flores agrees to, that Flores likes, that he wants to play with and can teach to play defense the way he wants to. But man, the parts aren't looking that great. So I'm intrigued to see what it looks like. I trust Flores. I just don't know if they've given him a ton to deal with. It also makes me mildly nervous that Mike Pettin, uh, a longtime defensive coach, is also on that staff. And he is has conflicting opinions on defensive football that Flores does. So it's just, I wonder if you ever get into these kind of battles there or who kind of is getting the last say. Um, So I think that's worth noting. That said, offensively, I like like what O'Connell's done. I like he seems to very much understand the McVay style of offense, how to run it, and he's adapted it in his own way for this Vikings team. It's not just straight up taking the one-to-one McVay offense from the Rams and bringing it over. Yeah, there's elements of it, but he's found ways to weaponize Justin Jefferson in ways that Cooper Cup has never even been imagined in being utilized. And they're doing... Kirk Cousins isn't the most mobile guy, but they're finding ways to have him not just stand completely still in the pocket all the time like you sometimes got with Goff or even Stafford with the Rams. And I did want to, you know, small shout out to uh, Keenan McArdle, uh, wide receiver coach for the Vikings. I think he's done an excellent job there and, you know, previous stops. I think he's actually shaping up to be a good wide receiver coach in the league. So solid staff kind of all around, I think. I think we, you know, you know, 
we equate like the re like the rebuilding and all that stuff and the retooling. Like I think they're doing some changes on the fly to this offense. Like I, I don't think they're committed to Kirk Cousins, for instance, you know, when we're talking about the roster and all that stuff. But foundationally, I think they've done a fantastic job with this coaching staff. I keep I think Kevin O'Connell, yes, there was a little bit of luck involved last year with Kevin O'Connell, but that seem that team was still able to get the ball across the goal line, uh, up across the finish line, get across the finish line with a lot of victories last season. Um, and then you add Brian Flores, who I think is a really good football coach. You know, the Miami situation, everything that went down, I don't know how much blame to really put on him. Uh, I, I really like him. And I think he's a, you know, I think he's a, a fantastic addition to this, to this coaching staff. All right, Craig, give me a quick shout out to also Mike Smith is there. We like him. We like Mike Smith. He coached oh, yeah, the Chiefs we love for a while. Smith. We like him. So that's he a, went with Pat Hare to coach their defensive yeah. line. I think it's just another that's that's a worth a that's worth interrupting Kit for, I think. I think that was a worthwhile. Former Chief Mike Smith. He was one of the best parts of that last year of Bob Sutton's defense. Craig yeah. and I really enjoyed him too. Like we thought he was mm-hmm. really good. We thought he had a chance to like stay on and maybe replace Sutton. And like he's clearly yep. not taking that step. But boy, you can't argue with the success he's gotten in with Green Bay with their pass rushers and then the one year he's kind of had there with the Vikings. Like, you know, solid background he's building there as a uh, pass rush coach. Fine. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Give me a new addition, Craig. New addition, a song? Um, No. Uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the easy one here. I'm going to take Jordan Addison. Don't you Um, dare. We loved Jordan Addison. Uh that is a guy that is tailor made to walk into the NFL and play at a high level at wide receiver. Now you're giving him to Keenan McCardell and oh yeah, he doesn't see any doubles ever because Justin Jefferson is on the field. Those two together in that offense are ridiculous weapons. He's going to have so much space. He's going to be able to play off the line of scrimmage a little bit more. He's going to be able to do more with what he's got in this offense than a lot of offenses in the league. This is a really perfect fit being a, a one B I'm not even going to call him a number two, a one B to a serious upper tier number one in Justin Jefferson here. I think that that alone, like those two guys alone, this offensive line could suck. TJ Hawkinson could be terrible. They could get nothing out of their running backs. And just having those two on the field, I truly believe that much in Jordan Addison. I think that that is enough to get them in a lot of games that maybe they have no business being in. Well, since Craig has stolen mine from one of the biggest of my guys and draft crushes I had wow. this year. Of You're welcome. Addison, I will go to the other side of the ball. And like kind of, I guess, the one guy that can fix the qualm of losing Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter not being healthy. And that is them bringing in Marcus Davenport over from the New Orleans Saints. I have not been the biggest fan of Davenport. Um, I thought coming out of college, he just kind of ran over five foot six running backs at low level of competition and didn't do a lot else. And Honestly, I think that's kind of what he did in the NFL too. He ran straight lines and is big, long, and strong and ran through some guys, had a couple good seasons, got injured, wasn't consistent, but there's still enough raw talent there that you get him with a guy like Mike Smith who has had success with Preston Smith, Darius Smith, with Daniil Hunter, guys of similar athletic profiles and builds and strengths and weaknesses. So I think there's a chance there if he can replace what they lost in Darius Smith or give them a future guy to maybe move on from Daniel Hunter, whether it's you know this offseason or next year. I think that'll be big for this defense if he really can step up and kind of make that big jump to be a consistent 
top tier or even just kind of like number one, number one B pass rusher. I think that'll be big for this Vikings team. Let's go back to a, another former my guy for like, I think all of us. Uh, and like, it's kind of weird because I don't think they've made a ton of big splashy additions to this team. And you guys have just outlined the two biggest ones, but Bayron Murphy, mm-hmm. you heard that right. Bayron Murphy, one of the guys that we really liked coming out of the draft. Uh, signed with the uh, Minnesota Vikings this offseason. He's coming off injury. It's kind of been an up-and-down career for him in Arizona. There were some bright spots for him at times, but it was kind of it like uh, the best way to explain it was up and down. I think the on you know the contract opportunities kind of represent that up and down nature. But um, I mean this is a guy that, you know, as a team that's looking to try to, you know, rebuild on the fly reset on the fly it's a worthy swing for them to just go at a guy um of his of his caliber i'm gonna look up his contract real quick because i did want to double check that because i think he yeah it was a it was a smaller contract two years uh 17 and a half only seven million dollars guaranteed or 12 million dollars guaranteed so like it's decent money but it's just been kind of up and down it's not your high level cornerback play you're, you're paying for a cornerback too they're kind of hoping to catch him I, I you know we'll see what happens with him in his contract in this situation but um you know, he's kind of been up and down in uh, in Minnesota. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right, right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Craig, give me a player to watch for the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, I'm going to hit the like button and hit the subscribe button first, Kent, because you didn't. Thank you. I'm go- I'm going to keep my eye on TJ Hawkinson. Uh, Vikings traded for him in the middle of last season. Clearly felt like they needed a tight end that can come in and do, you know, be an inline blocker, go out, catch passes really well. He got 60 passes in 10 games. Like he was highly productive from an on-field perspective. Yeah, his yards per you know reception did drop from earlier on in his career, but that's a contributor. That's a guy that they felt like they needed to get the ball to a lot. Now you've got a guy like Jordan Addison out there alongside of Justin Jefferson. I talked about how much space is going to be created. I can see defenses spending a lot more time focused on those receivers, focused on stopping a lot of the things 
outside the numbers or maybe a little bit deeper down the field. And that can leave some of the more shallow and intermediate areas of the field open for a guy like TJ Hawkinson. He may not have lived up to his draft spot yet in the NFL, but I do think that he is a very good tight end that is going to see more space. I think, I think back to like, you know, Kansas city chiefs. And when we started to see Travis Kelsey really strongly come into his own and become that guy that was clearly tight end one amongst the league, a lot of this was because teams were so focused on Tyree Kill, making sure Sammy Watkins didn't do anything, you know, making sure those receivers didn't do much. He had all the space underneath the work that helped him grow and get to that extra tier here. I'm not saying TJ Hawkins is going to get to a Travis Kelsey tier, but I can see him bringing his game up a notch this year. Kit, you can go next, buddy. I had a feeling that you were going to do that. I'm going to go off the beaten path a little bit. Oh, if you take the guy that I am trying to steal at the end, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm leaving. Just letting you know. Are you, uh, are you looking at the pass Just go for it. Just rip it. Just rip okay. It. So Adam Thielen's gone, and uh, Justin Jefferson obviously gets a lot of the attention. KJ Adam or KJ Osborne, sorry, last year kind of put together a pretty solid season. Uh, he had I think 650 yards receiving his last year. Starting to get a little bit more involved, a little bit of volume. And it turned out pretty well for him. He had a kind of a productive year. I think KJ Osborne is primed to take another step. He's still a younger guy. He put together, you know, like I said, a, a pretty productive year. It's like 11 yards per reception, something like that. Nothing like too, like it wasn't too crazy from a, from a, you know, volume perspective or, a, a, you know, explosiveness perspective, but he still made plenty of plays down the field. You can, you can watch some of those games and see him making some of those catches down the field. I like KJ Osborne. I'm kind of curious to see how they get him involved because I think he's, I think he's their, you know, bona fide wide receiver three now. That's solid. Not where I was going. Um, I I wanted to go last because I, I'm I'm getting two in here. Um, I mean, like I think the the obvious one is Alexander Madison's taking over for Dalvin Cook. That's a good um, one. He's kind of got to be a big th- a big deal for them. Uh, last year was Dalvin Cook's like least productive year from a per touch basis per I mean rushing yards per attempt and pass, you know, receiving yards per catch. It wasn't his best year, and now they're moving on from him. It's kind of are they was he at the end of the road? Are they not utilizing running backs? Great, I don't know. We're gonna find out and see what they have in Alexander Madison because I think he will help. However, the guy that I'm going with. Kyrus Tonga, nose tackle out of BYU. One of my guys coming out of BYU. Kind of bounced around the NFL for a little bit, but now sliding in to a starting role, the starting nose tackle role. This man is a block eater. He is taking on doubles. He is freeing up linebackers. He's freeing up safeties working down into the box. He's not going to have the sexiest stat line of all time, but buddy, watching him play is a pure joy. Okay. Craig, it's equal opportunity players to watch Kent. Yeah, we know. You, this is just <laughs> you. Uh, give Maddie one; he's gonna take two. How does this team beat the <laughs> beat the Chiefs, Craig? Um, offense. I mean, realistically, it's offense. It, it's Justin Jefferson going God mode, and Jordan Addison sprinkling a little bit in. I mean, like Brian Flores is gonna do enough to get off the field on occasion. Like I, I'm not. I'm, Despite running this defense down, yes, the Chiefs offense is way better than it with the talent that they have out there. But Brian Flores will throw enough at the Kansas City Chiefs to get off the field enough times to where if a guy like Justin Jefferson gets after these sophomore corners a little bit, you know, they haven't really seen a guy like Justin Jefferson out there. 
gets after them a little bit, I can see them hanging with the Chiefs. I don't, I don't know about beating them, but I can definitely see them hanging with the Chiefs well into the fourth quarter because he's just that kind of player. Well, is this game a primetime game? Does anyone know? Uh, anyone have to know off the top of your head? Nope. So three twenty five game. It was it was in the chat earlier. So yeah. Ooh, but see if it's a three twenty five er, which really means four twenty five. That might be like America's game of the week or whatever. You know, it's it's a little dicey. It's a little dicey for Kirk. Um, I don't know. I I, I know prime times real bad for him. I don't know about the uh. It's the on America's CBS. Could be. Could be. <sighs> I mean, like he has a chance, right? It's not nighttime, so there's a chance. That, that that's their chance. It's not a primetime game. The Vikings have a chance. Uh, I mean, like Craig said, it'll be offensively. It'll be them scheming up ways to beat the Chiefs' defense. Which, if we've known anything from them through the middle half of the year, through the first ten weeks, they are very beatable. They are very open to giving up big plays at times. Um, and they kind of tighten it up later on. We will see if that happens this year but yeah that's the vikings chance you get good kirk because it's not a primetime game and you find some time to or you find space in this chief's defense early on in the year to exploit i think the defense is going to hit the ground running this year i think they're going to be a lot better early on in the season just because there's a lot of familiarity this isn't your standard built from the studs ground up defense like you kind of hear them talking this week it's like you know i think there's they're able to disguise stuff better which they definitely need to do this year uh, and and it works really good against Kirk because you know. Uh, who is the Chiefs? Non- no, I don't MVP? know. Can did you want to elaborate on Kirk Cousins? I don't. I've I've okay. said enough about Kirk Cousins, and I'm gonna save it for the regular season. Uh, but uh, but you know we're gonna be talking about Kirk Cousins a lot because he's in the the NFL the Netflix documentary that Patrick Mahomes is also part of. I think that's Kirk Thuggins, actually. Um, I don't. Who are you allowed who, to say that? I don't. I don't know. What's his nickname? Uh, right? Uh, is he allowed to have that nickname? I don't know. <laughs> Who is the Chiefs' non-Mahomes MVP, Craig? Milk. Um, <laughs> no. No, the Chiefs' non-Mahomes MVP. Um, I'm gonna go with Kadarius Tony in this game. Uh. I think that there's going to be a lot thrown at the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Brian Flores is going to try and bring everything he can. I think there are a lot of opportunities for Patrick Mahomes to get the ball out quick. Lots of bubble screens that they can get the ball to Kadarius Tony and have him work in the open field. I don't love this secondary. I don't love the way that they can tackle in this secondary, if I'm being honest. I, Byron Murphy, good football player. Andrew Booth Jr., good, good-ish football player. I look at this secondary and I see one that maybe is going to struggle to take the proper angles. Maybe he's going to struggle to bring down a guy that can be elusive in the open field. I think Kadarius Tony could have a big game and be the non Mahomes MVP just by getting the ball out quickly to him in the flat and having him do his thing. So if I was going to pick a non Mahomes MVP, we're talking offense, we're talking outscoring the opposition. I think I would have to lean into relying on Travis Kelsey over the middle of the field picking apart oh. some zone defense. Now, here's the tricky part. Flores likes to blitz. He likes to get aggressive. Mm-hmm. He's going to send mm-hmm. a lot of guys. So, like, that's a lot of cover zero, a lot of cover one. And, like, I guess that means less double teams to send at Kelsey. It sounds like a favorable matchup on paper. You know, I don't know how to play out in the games. I think he's usually pretty good in game time. So, I'm going to trust Kelsey this time because just because of the stylistic matchup against that aggressive uh, Vikings defense. It's a great point, Maddie. I just want to commend you for for finding that little advantage there this week. I know. 
I felt like I was going out on a limb this time, but I'll, yeah. I'll you know, we'll bring it safer later on. Uh, I'm going to go with Legereus Sneed. We've seen him have a propensity to want to follow the best receiver on a team when there's a true number one. Justin Jefferson seems to be that guy. Now, maybe it's a little bit too early for them to be doing some of that stuff. We'll see. But I could see Legereus Sneed wanting to get up into JJF's business. And I think he'll have a lot of success because Chris Jones is going to be in Kirk Cousins' face, and Kirk Cousins is a coward against pressure. Guess the line, Craig. Oh, we didn't do this last week without you. Um, yeah, I wasn't about guess, to look it up. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm going to guess Chiefs minus three and a half in this one. Maddie? Um, is this even a home game? I don't even know. It's at the Vikings. Okay. Yeah. Professional uh, podcast. Schedule. We know how I feel about the schedule. Talking <laughs> mid-June. Um, four. Flat four. four. I think it's three and a three and a half. I'm with Craig. I agree with that. So, but you don't actually have this. We're just actively just like guessing into the ether, and no one's gonna come back and double check this. I have looked. I've scoured the internet for lines beyond week one, and I haven't been able to find them. Killer segment. I love this. That's fine. We're <laughs> guessing. It's literally called guess the line. I yep. can't wait for people to really circle back to this in midseason and you know, remember. I think three and a half Craig, makes sense. Craig, you know what? Youthful Regis would never allow this kind of guessing true. game on his game shows. It's yeah, absolutely youthful true. Youthful Regis would make us do math. Man, there's mm-hmm. a finite answer. There's a loser, mm-hmm. there's a winner, and a loser. This is why I win. <sighs> Guys, I, I want to I throw some stats at you here. Yeah. The last time the Denver Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs, Creed hadn't come out. Creed won. The Chicago oh, I Cubs... thought you were talking about Creed Humphrey. Yeah, no. I was confused as well. <laughs> I was like, wait. wait it's been a long, time. a long the time. Movie, yeah, exactly. The movie Creed. The Chicago Cubs had yet to win their first World Series in over 100 years. Still, Have they done that now? Guess what the number one movie or number one song was the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs. I'm curious what Maddie's answer is here, too. Maybe yeah, I really wouldn't. What is it? <laughs> Craig? I, I have no idea. It's a Taylor Swift song. It, good, good guess. It was What Do You Mean by Justin Bieber? It had just. Yeah, I, I got it right. It had just beat I Can't Fill My Face by The Weeknd. Charles Woodson was still in the NFL. Nah, like to be fair, Charles Woodson, Charles Woodson retired, what, like three years ago? <laughs> I feel, no, it feels like it, but it wasn't, it wasn't much after that. A guy that was drafted in 1997 was still in the league. Uh, Peyton Manning was the quarterback last time. Mm-hmm. Broncos beat the Chiefs. Some fun facts. Let's talk about week six. The Denver Broncos. What's the quality of this roster? Craig. Man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I looked at this roster last year and I said, man, this is really good. Like I'm a, I'm a little bit worried about this team on paper when we were doing this in the off season last year, big old yikes happened. Um, I, I still like the receiving weapons. I do. I think that Tim Patrick loss was a big one for him last year. If he's healthy this year, that makes a big difference for them and adding Marvin Mims. It, it makes a strength a strength. I think that wide receiver group is really good. They may not have like a super top end number one guy, but it's good. Um, 
their their running backs are good. Javante Williams, really good. Like he he's a good football player. On defense, Pat Sertan's awesome. Like he, he really an elite cornerback. You would expect that that's going to continue. I am a massive K1 Williams fan. I know he's like my age now, but he's still really good year after year after year. <laughs> Damari Mathis, they've gotten a lot out of. I like Josie Jewell had a hell of a year for a linebacker last year. They've got a lot of pieces on this team that could really bring it together and make it a quality roster, but it's not because their quarterback is awful right now. It's just absolutely awful. And it's just weighing them down like an anchor because this roster on the whole two through 53 is pretty good. Like, in the upper half of the NFL for sure. But number one is just brutal to watch right now. I think I have a lot of questions about this depth chart because it very clearly Sean Payton took over. And I mean, we're not going to be able to touch on all the new additions they brought in, but they're all these Sean Payton-esque guys and guys brought in to change the identity of this team. And that makes the roster look very odd because you have a, a quality wide receiving room with a quarterback who is kind of, you know, wants to air the ball out, wants to cook, wants to do all these things. But then you have an offensive line that they're bringing in a bunch of road graders in, a bunch of run blockers and guys to take the ball out of his hands. And defensively, it's kind of the same thing. It's a good secondary with some pass rushers that want to pin their ears back and kind of get after the opposing quarterback. But then you're not having a high scoring offense. So you're kind of building this odd mismatching pieces of a running a power running football team with some pass rushing components on the other side that I don't know if are great in their terms of how they're built to stop the run and get into this big physical game. So I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out. I still have great questions about the offensive line, the quarterback play. How does this play out? This combination of having a guy like Zach Allen and Randy Gregory and now Frank Clark. And like, just how are these guys all going to hold up against the run? Are they going to really get to pin their ears back and get after the passer? And like, it's just, there's a lot of question marks. I think good team, not a bad team, not a bad collection of players, just an interesting matching of players. I think it's a, yeah, it's a, it's, it's not talent collecting. I mean, because I, I think that's unfair to what they're doing, but it does feel like they are in between identities a little bit. Like you said, there's some things, I mean, that, I mean, their, their second group of receivers, it's tiny, but like, it's the second group of receivers that they have, like behind Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry duty, you know, Judy, Marvin Mims and KJ Hamler, some, you know, some smaller speedster types. Um, that's just it's they he brought Marquez Callaway with them, um, yeah. Like I, I feel like Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey is an interesting group of signings along the offensive line. Like I just you know that's a little bit it's it's, it's unique, but um, I don't know. It, it is kind of a I don't want to say a complete mismatch, but there are some some pieces that are a little bit I don't know. I, I think it, I, I think it's a good way of phrasing. It's kind of like it's almost in flux. Quality of the staff though, Craig. I mean, they're trying. Uh, they're 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 throwing a lot at this. They they really are. If if they're gonna fix it, it's gonna come from this staff. And bringing in Sean Payton, obviously, the big move there. Um, but aligning him with Joe Lombardi, a guy that comes out of that system, like there's gonna be no question what offense they're running. Like <laughs> they're they're going to be fully aligned on what they're going to do. I think the biggest miss of the offseason was Denver not retaining Ezreo Evero. Like, I, I just, 
he was. I thought you were going to say not getting Rex Ryan. No, (laughs) no, definitely not. (laughs) No. Uh, Yeah, maybe Bob Ryan. But, you know, Everett was such a good coach that got that defense to buy in, like truly buy in when they had somebody at the helm that was just lost as a head coach and a quarterback that was running the team from his own private, you know, office somewhere else separated from the team. Getting a group of guys to stay together, that's difficult to do. At the very least, they're bringing in a guy like Vance Joseph, a guy with a lot of experience. He's played in the league or he's been in the league a long time. He knows what Patrick Mahomes brings to the table. Not saying that he's going to be able to step up and stop it, but this isn't a guy that's going to be blindsided by anything. He's not going to come in with a whole bunch of fear about what can happen and what can't happen. It's a good coaching staff. It really is. It's a lot of years, a lot of experience. It may not be the best one out there, but they certainly swung for the fences with these guys on this one. I'm torn. Um, I long have stood by the belief that I think Sean Payton is right up there with Andy and Kyle Shanahan is the best offensive mind coaching in the NFL, that his offensive system is kind of that flawless. And he's always going to find these different answers for different types of players. Look at what he did with a Drew Brees that could throw the ball. And then what he did with the Drew Brees who couldn't throw the football, right? Like there's just entirely different offenses there with different weapons. So I love what he can do his offensive mind. The problem is he's got whatever Russell Wilson is right now, right? And then the way they're building this team is taking all the pressure off of Russell Wilson. So it's almost like he's trying to build the late Drew Brees kind of offense for Russell Wilson, but that's not Russell Wilson's game. That ain't going to work. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't drop back, quickly process what's happening and just throw these little tiny darts immediately. He holds the ball. He wants to push it downfield, which is fine. Peyton's done that in the past. But then what have you done with this roster to make me think that that's how you're going to try to play by bringing in 18 running backs and all these power blocking offensive linemen that aren't really good at pass protection. So I just, I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like this might be one of those situations where Peyton's kind of gearing up for the long haul and it might take them a second. It's like, I like the individual parts of some of their coaching staff. I really like the idea of Sean Payton. I just hope the NFL hasn't passed him by and he does actually have an answer without Breeze. I also have to say, I think the coaching staff's really safe. Um, I love Sean Payton. I like what he can do. I like his ability to innovate, but it's just a lot of safe guys. It's just a lot of safe choices. A lot of guys that have been around the league. They're like, yeah, these guys will fix it. Like, I think this coaching staff is going to undergo a lot of changing if pay, even if Payton stays there over the next two to three years, because I just don't know if these are guys that are going to be there for a long time. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think safe is the right word for me. I, I like the quality of this staff. If I isolate just the talent that this group has, in their coaching staff. Like I really like, especially if you look at the figureheads that they've got here. Um, you know, I, I believe in Sean Payton, you know, yeah, I think he's, he's, he knows what he's getting into. The good news is he's, he's an alpha. And if anybody's going to get through to Russell Wilson, it's going to be a guy like Sean Payton. Uh, so I think, I think that matters. Joe Lombardi. Yeah. Okay. You want to call You want to talk safe. We can talk safe on him. Like, I think that's the one that's probably the most safe to me. But again, Joe Lombardi paired with Sean Payton, I think is a really quality battery there. Um, and so I, 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 I don't mind, I don't mind Joe Lombardi. I think Vance Joseph did more with less at times in Arizona and he didn't get dealt the best hand all the time. And he was able to put competitive defenses together at times, despite Steve Kimes 
horrendous at his job. <laughs> horrendous at his job. So bad. And just, you want to talk about talent collection? That's talent collection. So uh, I like Vance Joseph. I'm a fan of his. I'm a fan of what's ever coming after this break, too. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Take a sip if you're so inclined. Is that a, is that a LaCroix, Matthew? Yes, it is. I was <laughs> muted, so I wasn't drinking into the microphone, not expecting it to be thrown to me, but you are, in fact, correct. Your LaCroix eye is on point. The next time you're in a microphone's the first. Like, yours is always, like, down in the corner of the screen. Yeah, you're not up, you know, yes. you're not up here. So uh, you would have been fine. No. I don't think it would have picked correct. it up. But anyways, appreciate everybody but hanging out hit with it us. With the can. That like button, that like button, that subscribe button helps us grow a channel. Five star reviews also very much appreciated. Uh, that also kind of goes a long way in helping the word get out about KC Sports Network. And oh, I have a request for five star reviews this time. We got we're off the cheeseburger scale. We know it's great. Um, it'll probably return this time. In your five star reviews, if you guys leave them, please let us know which movie you enjoyed more: Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Horrible Bosses. Or hot fuzz. So leave us a five-star <laughs> review. Let us know. You know, you can even trash us in there, but you just leave that five-star review. Then tell us which movie of hot fuzz for getting Sarah Marshall and horrible bosses you think is the best, please. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for the thank you for the time. This is going great. Give me a new addition to the Denver Broncos that you like, Craig. Uh yeah, the new addition that I really like for the Denver Broncos is Frank Clark. Um, <laughs> I th- I just think that there's enough turnover that they have going on inside that organization. They needed somebody that was a little bit more of a stabilizing force. And they did that with the coaching staff for certain. I know we talked about all the experience there. Frank Clark, who knows how much of a factor he's going to actually be for this defense. They do play a three, four. I know that that doesn't really matter. As soon as you get to sub packages, all of a sudden he's comfortable playing from a two point stance and all that. But a lot of questions about what you're going to do with him from a base standpoint. Vance Joseph drops his offensive linebackers a lot. So I I don't know that that's what you want Frank doing. I don't know that that's what Frank wants to be doing. So if, even if he's on there just to kick down and sub packages, be that guy, help bring up some of these younger guys that are out there. I mean, a stabilizing force with a guy like Randy Gregory, Baron Browning, like, that makes a ton of sense. And maybe he can help develop guys like Nick Benito and Jonathan Cooper that were guys that I liked coming out. You know, they, they weren't the flashiest names, but as mid-round guys, I really liked those guys, and the Broncos picked them up. I think Clark is a smart signing for them. I think he's going to help that group a lot. And I'm, frankly, I don't, I don't want to play him. I just don't want to play him in Kansas City. You can go, Kent. Michael Burton. You legitimately took the guy no. I was going to pick. I am <laughs> furious right now. That's good. I'm glad uh, you've earned it. Uh, good, good on Michael Burton to get a little bit of money from uh, the Denver Broncos. Thank you for helping usher in the no fullback era for Kansas City. Also, keep an eye out on Drew Sanders. He's a third-round pick, very high-quality athlete, a little bit of pass rush background, a little bit of linebacker That's background. Nice High-quality athlete, though. That's going to be interesting to see how they utilize him, how they weaponize him. A little bit Leo Chanelli, 
if you want to like a little bit of Leo Chanel as far as like not necessarily play style entirely, but like you're getting a really good dense athlete. You might be able to blitz him a little bit. Might you know who knows? Like, I, they're going to rush him a little bit. Those are the two guys I'm keeping an eye on. So uh, what do you got? Well, since my guy of Michael Burton um, was stolen to be added to their power run game, I guess I'm just going to have to go with Tremont Smith, the uh, kick returner who <laughs> played with the Houston Texans last year, a former chief. A while back, I understand. Weird. But he is a, you know, he's a depth corner for them. Um, he is also now probably going to be their starting kick returner. He's pretty good at it. You know, I know, I know the kickoff rules are making it harder for return men to stand out, but that's why it's a huge deal. If Tremont Smith can, you know, stand out above the rest. And this era of kick returners not mattering and stuff like that, that's going to be big for them. So give me Tremont Smith as their new addition to watch. Bunch of former Kansas City guys. If you can't beat them, chief them. Players to watch, Craig, what do you got? Well, I'm going to go with Russ. I just am. The the entire offseason hinges around Russ. And I, you know, I live out here now. I work with a bunch of Broncos fans that, uh, are not optimistic. I'll be frank. I'll be honest. Like they're optimistic about Sean Payton. They're optimistic about the future, maybe beyond this year or the year afterwards, but they're not optimistic about Russ. And so they look at this guy and they say, what happened? He got a little full of himself last year. He was allowed to kind of run unchecked. Sean Payton has basically said, we are not doing that this year, laying the law down there. If he does not step up, early this season if they do not see some sort of turnaround both off the field and on the field this is a situation that i could see this organization pulling the parachute like it might be jared stidham time sooner than you think and those conversations are happening amongst some broncos fans right now because if russ is not the answer in year two they want to go get caleb williams they want to go get somebody that matters a drake may Go get the guy in the draft because as it stands right now, they have whiffed on that guy too many times. And then they went out and they spent a whole bunch of money on a free agent to try and recapture what they did there with Peyton Manning. And they whiffed on that too. So if that doesn't work, they are going to try and pivot hard into this. I can see it, maybe not by this point in the season, but I can see at some point in the season next year, if Russ is not playing up to snuff that he gets benched. And they're just willing to eat whatever that contract is because even though it's a lot, because they just can't have that guy around anymore. I'm going to go with somebody that's going to help Russell Wilson. Hopefully, well, not hopefully, I guess, as a Chiefs fan, but for them, hopefully perform well. And Greg Dulcich, ah, out of UCLA. Dang so, it. Yeah, get it. Sit down, Kent. Uh, so we're going to take Greg Dulcich. Um, I, I really liked him coming out of UCLA. I think he's a really good receiving tight end. And I think with the wide receiver group that has a Jerry Judy and a Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick coming back, that should open up a lot of space over the middle of the field for a really good seam runner, for a tight end that is good at running dig routes and these things where he can pull away from linebackers and safeties. Maybe not an elite blocker to kind of go with this power run game, but he's capable enough that they can still use him in these two tight end sets. So I think I think Dulcich is in for like a big step up this year. So you know if you're a if you're a fantasy footballer and you like to find sleep, you're looking for a sleeper, a tight end or something. I'm terrible for fantasy football advice, but uh, Greg Dulcich is still a guy I think is taking a big step this year. I'll I'm gonna just add on a couple thoughts to that because I do have some things. 33 catches, 411 yards two touchdowns in 10 games for Greg Dolchich last season. Like he had a sneaky solid season in a short amount of time. 
And you mentioned him not being a great blocker. The other thing I was going to add, I'm not equating him to, to Jimmy Graham, but I mean, we've seen Sean Payton utilize a tight end that can't block well yeah. and is good up the seam before. So I, yeah, this is a guy that I think could have plenty of success uh, with Sean Payton. Let's see here. Uh, let's go with how does this team beat the Chiefs? And we're again, we're doing all the team previews. We're not doing each individual game. So how does can the can the streak end? Does does the streak end this year, Craig? And and how does it happen if it does? No, it doesn't. But <laughs> how it happens if it does? Russell Wilson plays like he did against Kansas City last year. Those were arguably the only two games that were worth a damn from him last year. Yeah, he had some towards the end of the year after Hackett was gone that were okay, but he played decently against the Chiefs at times. If he plays like that, and they've got their full complement of wide receivers here, this defense plays pretty well under Vance Joseph. They can hang around. They gave the Chiefs a little bit of trouble at times last year. Now, obviously, didn't end up mattering. Chiefs win both of those games. They move right along. Not a big deal. It's a divisional game. It's tight. This one's in Denver. So, like, it's one that could just be a weird divisional game for the Chiefs. And this team does have enough talent if Russ plays well enough, that they could fight. They could fight and claw a little bit in a you know C-minus or a B-minus game for the Kansas City Chiefs and make it close. So, you know, it's hard because the Broncos over the past few years have played the Chiefs relatively close. They're losing a lot, but they play them pretty tight. They do a pretty good job of playing them close. They make it difficult. Their offense always seems to slightly uh, you know, play a little bit over their expectation versus the Chiefs, where the defense always does play them a little bit close, especially some of these last couple times. Like it's it's been closer games. And like Craig said, Russell Wilson did have good games against the Chiefs. They seem to figure something out. The problem is you're looking at essentially an entirely different offensive system that's going to be going up against the Chiefs this year. And I don't know if this team is built offensively to score enough points to go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. So then it goes back to the defense, which has a ton of talent and has given the Chiefs trouble in the past, but Evro's not there anymore. They brought in J- Vance Joseph, who, well, the last time that she saw a Vance Joseph defense had no problems carving it up and down the field. And really the last couple times they played him, they haven't had as much difficulty as they had with Evro coaching a you know Denver Broncos defense. So I don't think Vance Joseph is bad. I just don't know if his style of defense necessarily slows the Chiefs down as much as some others. So it would really just have to be the talent on defense taking over, them making everything difficult for the Chiefs, Maybe you get a couple turnovers off of Mahomes trying to force the ball again, and then you get these Russell Wilson games where he's all of a sudden playing like he used to, and Sean Payton's calling a perfect game. Like There's clearly a path. It just is really, really narrow for the Broncos right now. And the the thing they need the most, actually, more than anything else, I meant to lead with this, Justin Bieber's going to have to come out with a new number one song, apparently. <laughs> uh, it'll be a, It'll be a short week for the Chiefs' home game against the Broncos in week six. Mm-hmm. That's a Thursday night game. Uh, regular rest for the Denver game week eight. I, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't think it happens. I don't think it happens. I don't think they can. I. That, good luck. Who's the Chiefs non-Mahomes MVP against the Denver Bron- Broncos, Craig? Uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, the first matchup that this team had last year, Isaiah Pacheco got to play a little bit more. Got thirteen carries. 70 yards, 
and had another three receptions for 23 yards. Didn't get into the end zone that game, but obviously 93 yards, that's very good. That, that was a very good game for this team. He played particularly well. And the second matchup, that was right during the end of the season when they were really integrating in Jarek McKinnon, getting his legs back under him before the playoff run. Isaiah Pacheco didn't play as much, was still effective. Got into the end zone, was still pretty effective. I think that this is a prime time to do this. I think that Vance Joseph is going to try to be teeing off, trying to be affecting you know Patrick Mahomes, the passer, as much as he can. I think that he's going to play a little bit more of a two-deep shell or a three-deep shell. And I think what we're going to see, maybe a few more lighter boxes for Pacheco and a heavier run game, especially at this point in the season with Andy Reid not wanting to reveal too much. It's in, you know, it's in Denver. Just give him the rock a whole bunch of times and see what happens. It worked when the, the first time these two teams played last year. So Pacheco's my guy. All right, let's read off so the last five games from uh, one Travis Kelsey against uh, Vance Joseph uh, defenses. 122 yards and a touchdown, 79 mm -hmm. yards and a touchdown, 78 yards and a touchdown, 133 yards and a touchdown, 160 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, those are games against the Cardinals, or one game against the Cardinals, and four against the Denver Broncos, whose defensive coach was Vance Joseph. So um, I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey because, yeah. well, he kind of beats up Vance Joseph's defenses. It actually was a thing that, hey, Travis Kelsey always has really good games against Broncos defense or the Broncos for a while. Vance Joseph left. Everett came in and then it was a lot more hit or miss. There was some really good games, but also some 30 yarders, some 40 yarders mixed in there. That wasn't the case for Vance Joseph. So uh, give me Travis Kelsey. He apparently loves to go up against Vance Joseph. So it's kind of hard to go against that guy here. I mean, you just come with the facts. I know that you don't want to keep choosing Travis Kelsey, Maddie. It's hard. I know you don't. It's, it's hard really hard, but it, it's hard to ignore stats like that. So I'm glad that you come correct that. I mean, I can't come up with something like that every for every game. There's just That's no true. way a stat like that or a matchup like no. that exists every single week. Definitely not. The last time these two teams played, do you know who led the Chiefs in receiving yards? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Justin Bieber. <laughs> My bad. Uh, it was Kadarius Tony. Yep. Four catches, 71 yards. Saw a little performance. Uh, give me Kadarius Tony again. Uh I think, you know, especially by, you know, the, the, there's kind of like a weird little, it's like a mid season series with the Broncos early, you know, it's, it's by week six, they should have their, you know, be well established They're You know, they should have their feet wet with, within the offense. They should have a little bit more identity in what they're doing. If Kadarius Tony is healthy, I think he's going to have a fantastic season. He had four catches for 71 yards. A lot last of pressure year. on that hammy. Well, no pressure, no diamonds. And I mean, he's That's getting the saying. He's literally getting a diamond ring right now. So, uh, have they announced it yet? Like I just gotta say, update: Chris Jones still not confirmed to be there, and also I don't think we've seen the ring yet. Is Chris Jones not not confirmed though? No. Nobody has said that he is there. People, everybody has said they have not seen him. Okay. Yet. Well, uh, my player to watch is Kadarius Tony. Let's guess the line on this, Craig. Uh, at the home game Thursday night football, Chiefs Broncos, week six. What's so, the line? Short week in Denver. No, it's, it's at home. It's at home. It is? The, the Which week one? six games at home. The week six games at home. The short weeks at home. Confirmed. You sure about that? Okay. I'm looking at, then I'm looking the Vikings game was at Minnesota. Um, yes. 
<laughs> okay. I thought he said that one was at home. I'm so confused right now. Anyway, short week. It was eight and a half. The line was eight and a half the first two times or the first time that these two teams played last year. I don't expect that it's going to be that high. I think that Sean Payton's going to have him coming out a little bit better here. But Chiefs will still be favored, even on a short week. But divisional game, tight game. I'm going to say five and a half on this one. Okay. So first of all, um, thanks to our phenomenal producer. Tucker D. Franklin behind the scenes. I won the first round of guess the line um, with my Chiefs favored by four because that was the line for the Chiefs at the Minnesota Vikings. So I'm going to also win this one um, by guessing the Chiefs are going to be. Is it, this was a home or away game? Week six is a home <laughs> game. Okay, I just, I just wanted to make a sure. Four um, day turnaround home game. Okay, uh, the Chiefs by six and a half is going to be the no line. Listening right now. This is great podcasting. This is chaos. This is my bit. It's my bit to ask where the game is, and Craig did it, and I didn't know what to do afterwards, so I just decided to ask again. <laughs> Guess the line. He did. I did. Six and a half. Thanks for go, listening, kid. Even when you're here, you don't listen. I'm going to go seven and a half at home. Week six. Tucker, what is the line? Seven and a half. Cheetah. Let's go. Maddie, you ready for this other L, too? No chance. Well, never mind. Uh, week, all right, never mind. I'm not going to do it. At week eight, week eight at Denver. Guess the line, Matthew. Wait, well, hold on. I'm so confused. Week what we're eight doing now. at Denver. We're, they're turning around two weeks later, and they're playing it because we're not going to cover the week eight game. The line oh. is going to be, if that one's minus seven and a half, then it's minus five. For that one, for the Chiefs. Four and a half. Minus five and a half. Three and a half. I win Tucker again. Says, Two to one for Maddie. Takes the lead. No, wins is, another this game. Is price is right rules, man. Oh, this That's is awesome. Do it. That's it. That's I'm done. That's going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you so much. Thank God this one's over. We'll catch you later. Just collecting Unhinged. dubs left and right, Kent. Hinged. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.